everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirit Chatter. We believe in personal growth through business success. As always, I'm joined by Hallie. Hallie, good morning. Good morning. Is that loud in your ear? Yes, it's <laughs> it a little is. loud. I just adjusted the volume to. I mean, seconds it sounds really good, in. but it's, loud. It's crisp, yes. but it was when I did it was like welcome. It was like I was even loud. in my own earphones. I was like, wow, it's a little. Yeah, we adjust that a little bit. It was. Um, goals. Yes. Very important. Yeah. What purpose they serve, right? What um, I think, um, we'll start with this. You know, we were we were doing some research, and I and actually, what was actually, I was doing a course on being a coach for football, and because I'm coaching my son uh, for football, which is really fun. It's flag football, right, uh, yes. but it's padded flag football. You not even know that existed, I, by I the way. I didn't know that either. So padded flag football, what it means is that you you block and you oh. have contact. You just don't tackle. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of like introducing them. You and wear, I'm assuming they wear a helmet. You wear a helmet yeah. and you wear shoulder pads um, in a cup. Oh, yeah. Um, but you don't wear any other like other pads because you're just doing it. So it's kind of, yeah. it's, like a, it's a good way of introducing this board without and getting no too heavily into it's it. basically yeah. not Did you actually tackling. see that they have um, these foam helmets now? No. That play uh, that professional NFL players are wearing. No, I didn't um, actually heard about it until somebody was telling me yesterday about that they Instead have Instead of that metal? So what... What they are is not during game days, but during practice and during preseason games, they're going to be wearing these foam helmets that basically they have foam on the outside of them. So like when you hit, it takes the, it reduces the pressure or the ability of your mind being kind of tossed back and forth um, from a hit. Yes, it does. And so they're trying to do that like during practice and during preseason games, they're doing that. But there's this other controversy now saying that like, well, we think that that's going to cause more injuries because people are going to know that these helmets are able to do that. So in practice, they're going to lower their head more. They're going to do this and they're going to happen more in a game because they're just naturally doing that more of using it. So I don't know either way, but it's really, and the, a lot of the coaching stuff that I've been going through for, you know, my son is going into third grade. So that's why it's not tackle or anything, but they have a tremendous amount of, of conversations around concussions, which is really Mm. kind of fascinating um, just because it is such a, a, a big topic right now, right. Yeah. In terms of, of sports and, and, um, there's a lot of, a lot of different, a lot of different, um, conversations about it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And different and opinions, opinions yeah. of, of what that is. Uh, for now, I really like the light tackle cause it gives them the ability to do that without, or I'm sorry, the light kind of, uh, blocking, but it's no tackle, which is nice. Anyways. So, uh, in this, I love this quote, um, it's from Tony Dungy. He said, goals have a beginning and an end purpose. Doesn't purpose is what we live for. And I think this summarizes, obviously, Tony Dungy was talking about this in terms of uh, of his coaching as a professional football coach. Um, and, uh, and actually, Tony Dungy's son actually committed suicide. I don't know if you know that, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, probably five or six years ago. And he talks about, you know, that, that as a journey in his life, clearly. Um, but the, or, or maybe it was an overdose. It was one of the two that, he, that happened to him. So it was really bad. And Tony's a, a wonderful person from... Um, the outside at least, but goals have this beginning and an end purpose doesn't right. Purpose is what we live for. I think people, um, I think goals are wonderful to stay laser focused. I think goals can be a, um, a wonderful, a kind of rowing direction, but I think they can, the, the, the point that I kind of took away from this is that goals have this beginning and they have an end. They can't be the end all They're just cause one after, once you finish one goal, you want another goal. And the thing is, once you have one goal, then like it may change. First, you have a goal in your physical life, then you have a goal in your family life, and you have a goal in your spiritual. You may have all of them going on. And once they happen, there's a new goal that sets in, which is fine. The challenge becomes when people become the goal 
or that they put so much stock in having to achieve the goal that if they don't do it, then they suffer. Or if they're not hitting their goals, it becomes a major problem in their lives or they um, are allowing how they feel inside to dictate whether or not um, they feel good based on whether or not they're hitting their goals. Yeah, I was I was going to just say that they their life becomes so future focused that they forget because their um your life isn't worth it or things aren't worth it until you've re- reached that goal or achieved that goal. Yes. And so there's a lot of waste you know, wasted I guess wasted time and energy of not being present, yeah. not being in the moment because you're just chasing whatever that goal is unless you can compartmentalize it a little bit more which is what we're talking about yeah i don't know how to say it better uh or maybe you can but just like goals have a wonderful purpose but that's it that's all they are is a goal this so many of us is like what's your goal how do you do it and like you just become the goal like people teach this they're like you gotta do everything you can to be but the problem with that method it's not wrong it just doesn't work yeah well i don't know about becoming the goal but we do talk about you have to become the type of person you who you, you develop habits can, for it can achieve that goal and that's actually fine too i guess the, yeah. the, that's why it's it's hard to kind of quantify this at the level that we're talking about is there's nothing wrong with the goal in the physical world remember the life is 200 percent, 100 percent in the physical world 100 percent in the inner world and you are the one that's aware of both you're aware that you have thoughts you're aware that you have emotions you're aware that you have a heart that goes up and down right sometimes it feels wonderful in there sometimes it feels very challenging in there and you have this physical world if you tie all of your 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 being to an actual goal if you don't hit the goal or you tie it to feeling a certain way when the goal is hit, that's where I guess it really becomes the problem is I have this goal and I'm waiting to feel perfect right, until yeah. I said perfect. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. waiting to feel higher amounts of energy inside when I hit this goal. Because the problem is, is it, it does work for a moment, right? When you go get what you want, you feel good. And I'm not denying that, right? Most people do. If you go get the job that you want or you move to the place that you want to or you get a thing that you want or get a relationship that you want or whatever it is that you are, are looking for to get and you get that goal, it does feel good for a moment. So it's almost like we get addicted to thinking that goals are the solution to us feeling good. Right, which is why there's a million different courses and books on goal setting. Yes. Because, I mean, that's what we're taught is that you have to achieve, achieve, achieve in order to live a purposeful and productive life. Yeah. And the conversation- We're saying the opposite. Well, the conversation we'd like to have is that you can- you should, you should set the goals and have goal setting retreats. You can read goal setting books. Just let go of knowing that you're not going to feel any different- when you actually get the goal, the whole purpose of a goal is to aim a direction and it's something to do that's fun in life while you're doing it, right? It's like Halloween, you're going to go get a costume and the goal is to get a costume and dress up, right? It's fun. It's not like your end all. It's just a fun experience to do. So there's nothing wrong with these goals in the, in the world that way. It's just when we, when we think that the goals are our salvation to our feelings of wonderfulness inside is where we start to become a problem because the goals themselves become, this is what I need in order to, I need to achieve the goal in order to feel good. And so now we've set ourselves up in a path that's almost impossible to get off. 
because now everything is our goals have this beginning and an end. They all do, right? They almost, they all do. So there's like, you have a goal and you get it. And then you're going, what's the next goal? And it's just another way of kind of describing this like ladder run that people think they have is like, and it's funny because if you actually think about even our lives, how they're set up and they talk about this in 4,000 weeks, right? Where it's like, we're taught to go to school, get to second grade, then get to third grade, then get to fourth grade. Then get to, it's like always like, you got to get to the next step. You got to get to the next yeah. step. The next goal is to graduate this, right? And again, and there's an element of truth to that in the physical world that's all true right you are there are goals right the bhagavad gita talks a lot about goals but what they also talk about is letting go of gaining any personal fruit right satisfaction joy um or like ultimate fulfillment from the goals at the end of the goals themselves versus just wow this is a wonderful goal and yes it's great it's 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 like it's it's again it's if you want to go move somewhere move somewhere but don't ever think that moving somewhere is going to change the way you feel forever (laughs) it's just not it may work for a period of time maybe fun now the thing that I, that we'll come back to is if you're already approaching life differently, meaning that you wake up and you go, there's a lot of goals out there. There's a lot of things that I can do. They're all wonderful. And I'm going to have fun doing them all. Then when you go set a goal, if you hit the goal, it's wonderful. It does feel good. Right. But you're not, it's not like you've put your entire stock of your, your ability to feel good inside that goal, which is the problem most of us are making. So it's, that's why it's so it's, it's it's like this gray line (laughs) that like, if you put your, if you, if you, nothing wrong with setting goals. So people are like, okay, I should set a goal. But if you're setting the goal to make yourself feel better internally for ultimate fulfillment for what that is, you're doing it the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with setting a goal to feel better physically, right? Or setting a goal to make more money. It's just, that's not who you are. Well, and so many people set goals for other people rather than for themselves. So they end up, they're arbitrary anyway, and you're, you know, end up becoming somebody that you don't even want to be. Yeah. Just what other people think that you should be or society or your parents still, you know, tripping your ear, even when you're 37 years old. (laughs) Thankfully (laughs) my parents don't do that, but, but you know what I'm saying? Um, I was actually teaching my force multiplier cohort last week and we started off with this quote and we had a really great discussion just around, um, the difference kind of of goals and purpose. And we were talking about, you know, being, um, not being so concerned with the end result and it doesn't change who you are. And, you know, getting more in tune with who you are and not letting those outside influences dictate. What was interesting is that my entire session was actually, we were talking about goal setting. And so from saying that conversation, then I had to switch and say, okay, so now we're actually going to talk about the purpose of goal setting. And we, and we started talking about creating their personal and professional growth plans because that's a helpful tool Mm -hmm. to take all of these thoughts and (laughs) feelings and where do I want to go and where am I being called to kind of spend my time and energy and, which is great. And then how do we use your mind in the growth plan to just kind of to map it out? Yeah. So that's what we did on the call. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly right. And there's there's again, it, there's nothing wrong. This is why it can be confusing if you're if you're tied to it. If you take a step back, you see it clear as day. Right. You see that it's like I always use the example of like, you know, if a kindergarten has a goal to make a, you know, a, a, a you know, a tree for Christmas. That's wonderful. Like you make it, but you, nobody's going like that tree is the person, no, the tree is the kid, right? They're just, that's fun. They made the, they made the tree. It's one cool experience. But yet we've, we've now somehow manifested that, that these goals that we keep having are the end of how we, it's, it's the, we put our, our sense of being in these goals 
Um, but what I don't want people to hear is that like, you don't be laser focused on goals. You don't hold your goals accountable. You don't work towards goals. That's not what we're saying. And so I don't, people can get you confused have to see with them this. for what they are. Yes. That's it. They're just a beginning and an end. Yes. Period. And they're fun. You look, so back up even further, you're born and you die. Okay. Mm-hmm. In between, you have this thing called time and you're going to have these wonderful, cool things to do. They're going to be wonderful goals to have but they're just it. They're just, you're going to born and you're going to die. And in between there, you have these fun goals, but they're not who you are. They're not, they're not your sense of being, which is what most people put them in. They go, I always feel good when I achieve a goal. Therefore I'm going to put my entire life. I'm going to aim at these goals and I'm going to keep raising them higher because it allows me to grow. True. You do grow through those goals, but you're doing it with the intention of trying to get yourself to feel better internally by going after these goals over and over and over again. Have you found, this is, I'm just thinking about this now, have you found that the further you are going on your spiritual journey, the less important goal setting becomes? I think the, um, I don't want to answer that wrong so people take it the wrong way. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you from my experience how that feels. Yes and no, because there's, it's yes that the goals, they don't have the same importance to you the person thought like the big you in there, but they're still important to set for an organization or for what they are. And hold on. Mm-hmm. And the, the more you come back, the, it's not even a goal anymore. That, that's it's, almost it's, what I'm it's saying. Just, it's just the thing you need to be doing. That, that's, that's my point. And so it's just, yeah. everything else seems to fall away. And yes. that path is actually very clear. And if you want to call that a goal, then call it a goal. Correct. But the further you come back and the further you work on your, on your journey of knowing who you are, they, it, everything else seems to fall away. I remember when I was, when I was with Michael Singer, one of the things he told me, I, I said, Hey, let me just, let me just make sure I'm going to repeat something here. And let me know if you think that this is accurate, <laughs> right? Something along those lines. And I said, uh, there's nothing wrong with kind of setting these goals. Right. And like, and then going after them and setting the organization. I even referenced the Gita and different things. And, and I said, as long as you're not attached to any of the goals. And he said, that's fine. He said, that's perfect actually is what he said. But what he followed up with that is saying at some point in time in your journey, that will fall away too. Yeah. And and so, and and that's in like, that all seems to fall away. So like the first kind of step in this is to not is, is for people. And you're kind of thinking about this in terms of a context, right? Um, is that you set a goal, then let go of the outcome. That's kind of the first step in doing that. And what you find is that what's way harder than you think. It's yeah. way harder than you think to let go of the outcome. Because it's easy, you set the goal and you go, okay, I'm gonna let go of the outcome, right? And then all of a sudden you go, well, hold on, we're not hitting that outcome. This doesn't feel right. And then all of a sudden you find yourself suffering. And I use the word suffering. Look, I know you're not suffering like you're just not okay inside. Mm-hmm. That's why when, when people, when I use the word suffering, it's not that you're walking around crying in like, you know, it could be, but like, you're not, you're not like, uh, but it is sometimes physical. Like oh, uh, totally. I, it could be any of those things. Yeah. My, my point is that like people were going, yeah, no, I'm stressed about this. Cause I need to hit this yeah. goal. Cause I'm doing it. I'm like, that's suffering. <laughs> exactly. That is, if you're not walking around, that's just a common term for yes, suffering. That's, it, that's stressed out. And so, but I think people hear the word suffering and they think some like physical suffering that's, and it can be, but like this big abuse, they kind of, they, they dramatize the word instead of understanding suffering just means that you're, that you're, you're not feeling good inside mm-hmm. that something shifted. Otherwise, if you're not suffering, you're in a state of higher energy. There's, as if you don't realize there's, there are things that create higher amounts of energy and lower amounts of energy. That's just, we don't have to understand 
the levels of that, you just know that there's things that make you feel higher, right? And there's things that make you feel lower. The things that make you feel lower, I call suffering. Mm-hmm. The things that you go higher with that make you feel higher can naturally be in there. So my point is, if you're not naturally feeling a level of peace, joy, acceptance, a higher level that we've labeled, all this is a higher level of energy that we've, or vibration of energy that we've labeled words, if you're not feeling that, then at some level you're suffering. Now there's different levels to that, right? But you're suffering at some point there. You look like you're just wanting to jump in. Well, I was kind of ask a question. So I, we're kind of talking about goals and how to use them and how to kind of approach them. But for me, the hardest part of the sentence of this quote is purpose is what we live for. Cause I, I kind of am with you. I, I get the whole goal thing. And like, as long as I think of it as a tool that my mind is going to use, like, yes. okay, yeah. I'm, I'm good. We can do, yeah. In the physical world. Talk to me about purpose. Yeah. that That's the harder part for me. Yeah. I think it's, it, it's your frame of reference, right? So if you are in a, you know, if you're in a jail cell and you're in a six by six, your frame of reference is very small. Mm-hmm. So meaning that if your toothbrush is out of place, you're going to know it, it's probably going to bother you. If you're, whatever it is, like your frame of reference is very small. Mm-hmm. Um, if your frame of reference is on, as you just expand outside that, right, right, the thing is if your frame of reference is on the, what am I doing for work? I get this job, I gotta get this amount of money. That's a level of frame of reference. So I think for purpose, when I hear this is how large can your frame of reference be, which I said this yesterday in a call, there's trillions of galaxies with billions of planets. So let's just move back there for a second. Mm -hmm. Trillions of galaxies, billions of planets Mm -hmm. in each galaxy. Yes. Earth could just blow up tomorrow and nobody would care. And what I mean is like, it wouldn't even be a blimp on anything. It would just be gone. Yes, because there would be nobody. There would well, not even nobody. Like there's just there'd be nobody there's left trillions to, of galaxies. There's trillions of galaxies of energy. Yeah, All yeah. I'm trying to say is move Fair your enough, frame yeah. of reference back for a second. Right. So then I think so then you, completely inconsequential. I guess no one should have a purpose then because no, nothing matters. Well, then uh, that's your ego jumping in <laughs> saying that like, oh, what am I just going to sit uh, well, down there? Yes. I was going to say, isn't that my mind? But that's well, that is your thing. ego. Yeah. yeah. Your ego is your, is again, it's I concepts. always feel like ego is more heart, but maybe ego is more mind. It's everything. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a 1% of all your experiences, yeah. your thoughts, your energies, the people you've met and you've created a collage of who you think you are. And that's how you think. Right. But, however, um, so when you do, when you think about purpose, this is why, like, how high can you aim your sights? So when I hear the word purpose, it's going to mean something different than other people. Their purpose could say is to share love. Wonderful. Great. Right. That's, that's wonderful. But you're just aiming that whatever that is. It could be that your purpose is that everybody I interact with, that they feel better by interacting with me. It could be that my purpose is to feel wonderful every single day. Again. So like when I think of purpose, it's, it's not conditioned on anything happening outside. So like some people, I mean, I guess when I hear purpose, I typically think of my purpose. You think of it as an action though. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. Open a dog shelter or, you know, raise a million dollars for a a charity. That is, that is a purpose on the physical level. There's something deeper though. There's then there's the spiritual side and then there's you. And so if you, that's why I'm saying reference is all, if you're playing in the physical worldly world all the time, then your purpose is going to be some level of action. And there's something wrong with that. There's just, as you keep going back, you start to understand that your purpose just becomes to enjoy the time before your birth and your death. So is everyone's purpose the same? I think your purpose is to enjoy the time before your birth and your death for everyone who wouldn't universally want that. Then- But I just feel selfish and I feel like purpose, I feel like purpose should be, and this is my idea of purpose, purpose to me feels like it should be outside of yourself, not for yourself. Well, I think I would argue that 
the minute you have this purpose of waking up with tons of joy and energy that you are helping everybody around you at a deeper level than anything you could ever do by opening yeah, anything I mean, up. I was going to just argue with myself and say no. the same thing, but you know, I mean, it does feel s- selfish. Well, totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like, w- w- wouldn't you, I guess purpose but, to me feels like you should be serving or giving or doing something. Yeah. That's an ideology of a purpose, right? I, yeah. I think just the, when I, when I hear the word purpose, again, just the frame of reference, if you're playing in the world and there's nothing wrong with that, it's not wrong. Right. I'm just saying when I hear the word purpose, you keep going back to a different level of like your purpose is to wake up and enjoy every aspect of life. Now, then you're going to come in there and you could have an actionable purpose around working. So that means at work, I have a purpose, right? That's the identity of play is going to be there at home for your family. You may have a, another defined purpose, but those are more granular. They're more there, but there's an overarching purpose. That's your entire life. Because by the way, um, you may be at work having a purpose. It's not forever, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, All right, it's temporary. It's yeah. temporarily it's gone. So like even in this physical world, that purpose moves away and you go, Oh, I found a different purpose. So again, there has to be a deeper level of purpose of why you're interacting with the things that you're doing that we all call just purpose. And we got caught right, up with that. And I was going to say, and perhaps those are actually goals, not purpose. I mean, we've, we, however you want to call it again, if you yeah. say that's a goal, I mean, really, I mean, a goal of opening a shelter is really a goal and you say, but you could, but that can, they can go hand in hand. Right. But like the thing is, if your purpose again is, is something larger than you, like is, is, is larger than you. I would say you, because think about consciousness wanting to experience itself, which through you and like, think about what it sees from everybody. It sees like your mind and the concepts instead of actually experiencing life for itself. So, I mean, enlightenment, I really, I had no idea what you just said there. Basically what I was saying is if we're all consciousness, right, we're all some from the same source, right? If that's a, we're all there, right? Like, Like the Bunsen burner analogy, like they have individual flames, but there's one flame underneath and they just happen to come individually throughout there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a funny analogy because I'm like, I don't really know what a Bunsen burner is. How, who, who knows what that is? A lot of people. It's just any camp stove, right? It's like, yeah, okay. it's got a little hole in all it I and think the flame is like the source. Chemistry and it comes, class yeah, or okay, something. Yeah. It's just a yeah. good analogy to see yeah. it that way. But if we're all part of that, then consciousness experiences itself through the physical world, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, that, so yes. <laughs> if you ever think about it, this is the deep question. What do you think consciousness is going? It's like, man, I, I'm trying to experience myself and all I'm experiencing is people's minds. I mean, it's just laugh at it. Like most 99% of the people running around the world, the only thing consciousness is experiencing is what you happen to individually be experiencing, which is the voice inside your head and the experiences instead of actually experiencing the totality of life. So consciousness creates all but of it this. Has to, but consciousness has to do that through a person. Yeah, because I guess it's times and space. Right. So that is only what they're going to experience. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is, is like you're thing. giving it to the person to experience their mind instead of people becoming more, I would use the word like higher level of consciousness, right? Not necessarily enlightened, but, but, but what consciousness really wants to experience is itself. And right now it can't experience itself. It's experiencing the mind. <laughs> So enlightenment in general, this is a deeper way of saying enlightenment is to, is for consciousness, for the true source to experience itself unfiltered. And that's, can you give me an example of somebody who does that? Like the Buddha, right? Okay. Um, Or lots of masters, Jesus Christ. I mean, the autobiography of yoga, if you haven't read that book, I mean, um, he, you know, he talks about uh, when he was, when he was born, he was frustrated as a baby because he couldn't communicate but he was very clear that he was just in a body of a baby and it was so clear to him. And that like he was, he tells it, I know he tells it in this book though, about how like, yes, when I was, when I was born, I was a baby. Like I was so frustrated that I wanted to communicate with other humans that I couldn't communicate. I mean, he's just a conscious being. 
Yeah. And so then you use the body as a temple to communicate and we use language and words, but what most people are doing is they're just communicating with their mind. So conscious is only experiencing, it's not even getting a chance to experience life. It's experiencing the mind talk. So we're like <laughs> a host. For, the body is. The body is a host for the, for consciousness. Yeah. You're not and, your body. And eventually maybe consciousness will not need. I don't know. Host. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know. know either. It's good. Maybe, but, maybe in some other, on some other planet, I think most people would agree don't. that you're not your body. Right. I think most, most people, there's some people that would argue, but I think most people will agree that if I cut your arm off, you would still be in there. Yeah. yeah that yeah. when you were 10 years old, you looked inside and you looked in the mirror and you saw a body and you go, I'm in here. And now you look in the mirror 20 years later and you go, it's the same me looking at this. I just see a whole different body in here. Yeah, that's true. Right. So like, we think we all know, you know, I mean, you start off at what, 16 inches. Now people are five, six, six foot, right. On average. So, you know, you're not your body. So you can't. So again, you are the inhabitant, the spirit, you know, your spiritual being having a temporary physical experience. And part of the physical experience is that you have a body to be able to experience this type of stuff. Okay. So maybe consciousness might not need a body eventually. We, I don't know about that question, but this always goes back to, so of course I read this like science fiction book one time and it's not, honestly, it's not that far off from what we're talking about because it, it was actually called the host and and they were able, they called it, I can't remember what they called, it, but it's kind of like the soul, the consciousness, and you could put it into different bodies because that body died, but the consciousness soul was still alive. And so they put it into a different body. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to answer that with anything, but the only, <laughs> but the only thing I would say is like, but is just in a different physical form. Yeah. But isn't that what yeah. you're already doing? I mean, you've had a past life regression. Isn't that past life regressions? Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, this is just, this is, yeah, you're like this packaging is just it up and like present. kind of put it, yeah, you're never like in the present. And yeah, you're kind of, what you're saying is that you never lose the, the kind of foresight of that the physical world enables you to have this mind that you can and it's use also that you know memory what's and you know what's happening. Yeah. But you may know what's happening anyways. You just, yeah, maybe I, there's a lot of arguments that say like when you go to God as God is not as for me, God is not a person, right? It's everything. When you go back to the source of consciousness, you then you, you realize everything. You're like, shit, like there it is. Like I see it, right? Whatever it is. And then when you come back into a body, you pretty much know that you're going to have, they call it the game of life in Buddhism or Hindu, Hinduism, right? The game of life basically says, that I know in order to experience more and grow more, I have to come into this physical world with amnesia, essentially. And the reason I have to do, and the analogy that's given, that's used a lot, is like, if you own a casino, how do you win? If you win the casino, you lose. If you lose, you win. If you own the casino, so you're playing a game, mm -hmm. and if you win, you're losing. But if you lose you win. <laughs> so it's impossible. So the, the game of life is referenced that way. It's like, you almost have to know that you don't know in order yeah. to play the game of life until you reach a certain level. Right. And I think that's what some of the masters have displayed. Yeah, Cause I was thinking about past life re regression and I never made it through to the, the death part. Yeah. And, and I'm just kind of curious cause I feel like you did. And when, did you know then that you got put somewhere else? Yeah, it was in all of my past life regressions. I have, it was always back to that point of at some level when we worked through it, it was some, at some level of death. Uh, yeah. it's like a, which it's I feel like is point. the point. Yeah. Well, it's, I think to. past life regression is also just to help unwind karma. So that if it's a yeah. traumatic event that you couldn't let go of, it helps you move that forward. Um, okay. but the, in, in everyone, I could actually see the whole experience. I could see the dead body and I could see the whole experience. I could see the family at the time, kind of whatever that was happening. And then you kind of just, 
I don't already know what happened after that, but that's, yeah. you can, you can clearly see that, uh, in those experiences that are there for what it is. Were you watching it or were you it? Were you in it? Well, it's, it's like, uh, were you watching the movie or were you participating in it? Were you an actor? Well, it's it? both. I don't know how to use words to describe it. If anybody's yeah. ever been there, it's like you go to a transcendent state. Are you watching nothing or are you nothing? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, I felt like mine guess was a combination of, I was the person yes. and then also I was watching the person. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Was Cause you have that kind of that, that you're not, you know, you're not like a movie, you know, you're watching it. This yeah. was like a combination, combination. of the two. Yeah. I had this actually really interesting experience. Even this week I was in a river, um, and I, on Monday morning actually, and uh, I was telling my son about this and I was in there and I was just, it's, it's like 52 degrees and I just jumped in there. And I, so I just looked at my watch cause I was like, I'd probably spent two minutes in there. I was like, I really want to make sure I get at least another three minutes in here. So I looked at my watch and then all of a sudden, like I had this really kind of interesting kind of surreal experience. And I looked down at my watch and I was like, man, it's probably only like 15 seconds and four and a half minutes had gone by. And mm. it was the weirdest thing because it literally, I've never had that happen to me before. I've I like, look, like time has gone by fast, like playing sports and different things, yeah. like that, but it was, it wasn't like that. Mm. It was much yeah. more of like, I was there, but then I had like, I had a conversation outside of this, like in a whole different realm. And I came back and it felt on the physical level, it was like a second and it was four and a half minutes. I remember looking at my house like, but I looked at my watch twice to make sure that I did that. And it was the weirdest, it was a really experience. So again, kind of goes that whole, like you can float kind of back and forth anyways, but the answer, the question on the purpose side, right? The whole, but but this is it because that whole purpose is the frame of reference that you're playing at. And so if you're playing at the worldly level, then a lot of this is only going to have a certain level of frame of reference. And you go, well, my purpose is of course to help others. Of course, that's a wonderful purpose. Nobody's going to say that it's not. However, if that's not bringing you joy, peace, and acceptance, then why are you doing it? Right. And so you're trying to use the mind to create the purpose instead of getting back behind the mind and saying, I'm going to wake up feeling wonderful and bring passion. This is that whole conversation about passion to everything I do. Yeah. And I also think that purpose always, when we talk about it in a lot of, you know, courses and, you know, books and stuff that we read, purpose always has, feels like it has to be so big, even, even if it's in the physical world, it just feels like it has to be so big and and I think that deters a lot of people from following a purpose because, or it's got to sound perfect. Yeah, it's got to be a lot like a of poem. it is smaller. Yes, it is. Which and actually bigger in your mind. It's What's like, simpler? Yeah. I wouldn't simpler. say it was smaller. Yeah, I yeah, say it's simpler. just much simpler. Yes, it's, it's, I guess that's what I mean. It's not too. hard to live life. The only people that make it hard is the mind. Yeah. Like seriously, like there's, it's not hard. I look. I'm very well aware there are challenges and problems, and there's hard things you go through physically. In the in this world, I'm not denying and that, mentally, and, and mental, all that stuff. Yeah. But it's but it's not hard if you back up far enough that you're born and you're going to die. Go live with a lot of fun, with a lot of joy, a lot of passion. When really challenging things come, feel them fully. Right. I was working through. I was working with a an individual in our organization who's going through some personal stuff right now, and I've had him basically sit with the emotion. Right. And like literally sit with the emotion. And he said, you know, I have to come back. And this is the first week. And he said, it was amazing. It was so painful and it got more painful. And then it went away. Mm. And um, that's it. Cause you, you, what you did is you sat with it and you no longer tried to go do something or create a purpose to avoid this type of or ex- go- yeah, goal or goal really. to go yeah. get her outside that you just sat with it. And then it became clear. And then you went and did things and worked even harder or created even more impact. Yeah. It's just, it's fun things that you're doing here. Yeah. Sometimes I do feel like the goal, if you don't do that part first, which is interesting. Cause when I was talking about the cohort, I was like, you need to just sit 
<laughs> quietly yes. for some time before you go into this exercise because otherwise it is all in your mind and you keep saying, well, I should do this. I should do this. This is the goal that's going to make this person happy or make me happy or, and really I think oftentimes it's so much less complex than it is. We make it. And we, I do think in general, the majority of people want a simple, simpler life than the rest of the world is like telling us we want. Yes. That's exactly, well, there it's the collective mind telling everybody then social, then, and then remember it's, it's the world, but there's, there's also a lot of uh, places in the world that don't do this. Like if you go to eat. Yeah. I was going to say, I I should say Western West primarily America. Yes. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of play. I mean, there's still, you know, tribes that are just, that don't do any of this. That yeah, they no. look back and I, I remember I, I just well, used Michael Singer a lot. Even in France, yeah, they, they, they live a, differently. a more, yes. I don't want to call it holistic, but more just like integrative type. Yeah. And they do just as much as anyone else, but they also enjoy life. And I think that's. Well, that was my whole point is that yeah. whatever frame of reference that you're looking at, right. It's just, it doesn't like, it's like if you're, there's certain types of monks that like they're trained to think that they don't want any money. So if like all of a sudden you lose money, all their money, they're in the biggest euphoria ever. You go to America and you lose your money and it's the most suffering ever. Which one is it? All right. Yeah. So it's, it's a not concept. The, it's not the thing. Yeah. It's that, that's my whole point of all yeah, of that. Yeah. So if you're playing with the world to do any of this, so back up even further and just wake up and say, I'm going to, I'm born and I'm going to die really quickly. If you haven't noticed that I'm going to go live life. And, and that's why we use this model, this context of the 200% life, which is you have a hundred percent in the physical world. You have a hundred percent, this inner world, the physical world is all these things have a purpose for your physical world, have goals for your physical world. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just things you do. They're just fun things that you do. And yes, there are challenges, there's problems, there's all those things you got to work through, but they're not who you are. And they're all going to be gone in a short period of time anyways. And then you have this whole inner world, which is your thoughts. How many people have that mind in there talking, right? There's a voice in there. My mind talks constantly while, you, while you're talking. I know, right? It just, and that's what most people are actually doing when somebody's talking. What they're actually doing is listening to the mind narrate a conversation of whether you like this, don't like this, totally. agree or don't agree. So you're not even listening to life. It's all being filtered yeah, based on your mind. Totally. That's why when I went back before about consciousness, what is consciousness really experiencing? They're experiencing that. the mind narrate you. life yeah. instead of actually removing it unfiltered or untethered so they can actually have the direct experience of life because you have this inner world that's motions it's got uh thoughts and then you have a heart it goes up and down if somebody passes near you you feel a very low part of the heart but it's just that that's part of experiencing life, life yeah. is to feel this very low and so you feel it and you weep or whatever it is that you do but you feel it when it's going through there and then it moves its way through and then all of a sudden, right? And then all of a sudden if you feel your fork highs you feel that and then it works its way through none of those ever they all pass don't they they all pass at some level. So you just experience, but then there's the combination of you experiencing both. So from that frame of reference, purpose is to wake up, understand very clearly you're born and you're going to die and have a lot of joy, fun, acceptance, peace, whatever you're doing while you're here. Mm-hmm. Why not? Is now you're, yeah. Then if you, if you start from that with that level of purpose, that's your entire life. And your yeah, aim is set it's higher. It's scary to do that. Of course, because because yeah. your mind is the only one that's scared. Like my aunt Sue right now is literally like in her last hours, right? Like she got a call like last, and it's been it, she's been in hospice for a couple Hot, of weeks, hospice, yeah. yeah. And um and you know we had the last time I saw her like four or five months ago, we kind of knew like it would maybe her last time. So I was talking to her about death a lot, and, mm. and I said, hey, don't forget, you come back, you give me a sign. Right? I always ask her, I'm like, you give yeah. me something. And her whole thing was uh, ocean. She's like, I'm gonna. She's like, I love the ocean, so I'll tell you something about the ocean. So I said, great. But anyways, we've had, we've had those conversations and, and, uh, 
she's like, I'm not afraid to die. And then, um, I was talking to one of my, uh, actually my mom was talking to our aunts and she said, she's afraid to die. She's like at this last level. Now she's afraid to die. And, and really what it was mm. is the mind can be in a spot where like, I'm feeling okay. And I can convince myself that I'm not afraid to die. But then when it's knocking on your door, yeah. there's this whole ego part of you that's, that does die. It does not survive. So then all of a sudden that's, what's scared of that whole thing. Yeah, and wow. so, um, but in that, it's just a beautiful way of kind of referencing it. So again, you kind of pull yourself back and you say, the purpose of my life is to enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. And then you can have as many little purposes as you want, as many little goals as you want. But to a certain extent, they're just, if you, if you, if you're just playing at that level, you're missing the whole purpose to enjoy your life. And, to, and once you're actually very clear, if you wake up and your eyes are set high, as high as they can look, and you say, the purpose of it is to enjoy my life you will enjoy your life. You'll enjoy your life making money. You'll enjoy your life on vacations. You'll enjoy your life losing money. You'll enjoy your life not taking a vacation. You'll, and and having kids, not having kids, you'll do all that stuff. And they're all going to unfold anyways. It's just, you've aimed your life and said, I'm going to enjoy it. And there's a whole bunch of shit that's going to happen while I'm enjoying it. And some of it's going to be harder. And sometimes my heart is going to go extremely low. It doesn't mean you don't change your life situations. It doesn't mean you don't do any of those things. That's why I always use that model, that frame of reference for the 200% life, which is a hundred percent to go play in the physical world, have cool cars, not have cars, make a bunch of money, give it all away. It's, it's so relevant, right? You're just playing with it. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the inner world, understand that you're going to feel these things. You're not going to never not feel them. The Dalai Lama still feels those things when they're being experienced though. The difference is he's not collecting experiences and holding on to them. He's having the new experience every moment. It's the ever new joy, which Yogananda talks about, which is this place of ever new joy. And it gets stronger and stronger every day. Do you feel like it makes the choices and decisions that you have to make easier and then you will just naturally kind of move in the direction you need to move in. Well, it does because then you're just enjoying your life. And so therefore, if you have a job opportunity, you're enjoying your life getting the job. If somebody fires you, you're enjoying your life finding a new job. And again, I get it that being fired doesn't feel, I've been fired. It doesn't feel great, but if it's happening, why not enjoy the happening? (laughs) It's not like you're sitting there. I have a wonderful job. What if I get fired? What if I get fired? That's not going to feel good. No, because it's not experiencing that. That's just mind talking. It's just, you're experiencing the experience that you're experiencing. (laughs) Yeah. But sometimes I get hung up on the, like, of course everyone does. I get the overall enjoying life thing, like totally with you. But then you also talk about when, you know, there is a death or you do have to have, there are these lower energy moments, like getting fired. And so how can you be I, I'm supposed to be enjoying my life, but also there is this lower it's not, energy. Yes. That's a wonderful question. It's not that like, you're like, Oh my God, somebody died. This is wonderful. I feel so high. No, you're going, well, it's kind of what you said about getting fired. <laughs> well, what I said is I said, you better enjoy the experience. So if you get fired and you feel low and you feel that heart drop, feel the heart drop. That's what I mean by enjoy the experience. Also see people are equating the words of enjoy the experience that they're always high. My point is that joining the experience of the experience of life is going to feel different. A rattlesnake coming to you is going to feel different, but why can't you enjoy that difference? So you're just enjoying the experience versus a butterfly landing on you is a different experience. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel both of them. So why not enjoy feeling both the experiences? See, you're going to go back a little bit deeper. And then if you get fired or your house burns down, that's not cool. It's not great. It's a problem. 
but why not enjoy the problem? I'm not saying you don't feel like yeah, it's... Yeah, because it sometimes makes me feel like you just started ignoring reality. No, 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 reality. Not ignoring re- actually, what you're doing is you're going deeper into reality. Sure, okay. That's actually I, I what that, you're yeah. doing is you're actually going fully into the reality. Again, if somebody's sick around you or you're sick, that's not... It's not like something you go look for. That's that's tough. It's really tough. But can't you can you can still choose if you're having to go through it, you can still choose to feel deeply about it, which is how I would define enjoy the experience. Enjoy people think instantly that enjoyment has to be something that is always this wonderful ecstasy of joy. And at some point you can probably get there, but those people still feel totally for people that are losing or suffering. Like I heard Eckhart Tolle talk about this when somebody asked him a similar question. He said, I feel, and all of a sudden somebody just told me that this person passed and I just started crying, but I was just crying for the, 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 how deep my heart felt for this person. That's kind of what I mean by just enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Not resisting it. Not, not trying you, to you're actually going deeper into talk the whole yourself experience. through it or and then, out of it or and whatever. The, and then the thing that's really neat about that is that you then actually get to interact with life and you end up making the best decision that could be made because you're clear. So for instance, if you get fired, you can be suffering. Why this? I could sue the company. I can do all these different things. I can demand all this stuff and do all these different things. Or you can accept the fact that your heart hurts, get through it, and then look around for the next purpose that, right? I'm just gonna use that word, or right? Next best the next thing, that, that whatever is going to be in or, front yeah, of you. Yeah. That's all I mean from that. Right. And it's like, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, I don't know. I'll have to come back to that. But it's, uh, uh, what, what am I drawing? It's one of the, know. yeah. How do you not know this? Alley? It's, it's the, uh, Ron Doss. So when okay. Ron Doss had a stroke and, and Oprah and, and Michael and several other people met with him after he had a stroke. Cause obviously, you know, he's a big, very spiritual teacher. And I don't know if you know this whole story, how he actually became very spiritual was he was obviously teaching a professor and he went over to India and he was like, oh, let me just check all this stuff out. And he was actually very kind of like skeptical about it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he rolled, he pulled up into this and this was probably sixties, I'm guessing maybe seventies, but he rolled up in India to a little spot where there was a little, there was a master. I think one of the Yoganandas and there's a bunch of Yoganandas, but like there's one of them that was there and there was a group of people around and he, they got out of the car and they were sitting there and he was way in the back about 50 yards. And afterwards they listened to him and there's, I don't know, 30, 40 people there. And he walked right up to him and he's like, I'm so sorry about your mother. And he's like, well, how, how did you know? And he's like, she had cancer, didn't she? And she's dead. And he's like, yes. How did you know? And he's like, I feel her and I feel you. And he's never talked and he's like, Mm. and then the conversation went on and he was like, that's what he was like, I'm done with Western, right? Like that was his, and I'm paraphrasing, but that's what, that's what his story was. Western philosophy. Well, I'm just done with thinking that. And then in that moment, he realized that like, wow, there, here's this high being that can actually see right through me Mm -hmm. and see everything and experience everything that I'm experiencing. This is incredible, right? That's what he, and then he went on this whole path. And then he, as, as most people probably know, he had a massive stroke and he, basically was in a wheelchair for a long period of his life. And he talks about how it was the best experience of his life. That's all that I mean. Again, it's that it, it's not like he would ask to be put in a wheelchair, but mm-hmm. if it happened, he was like, there said, would you ever feel victimized? Or well, Oprah was asking, accept it. he accepted it, but then it became the best experience of his sure, life. Yeah. So he could feel, and he talks about that. That's, that's what we mean. It's not like, again, it's not like you're going like, I want to have this to make it happen. But if it's happened, you can choose to make that the best experience. So meaning that you can feel deeply about it. You can go high with it. You're just experiencing life in itself. So when we say, when we say goals have a beginning and an end, they do. 
and stop putting all of your energy of thinking that the goal is going to bring you to some level of peace and joy forever. It never works. I don't care if it's a relationship, if it's money, if it's things, if it's dogs, if it's cats, it doesn't matter. It's never going to constantly bring you the joy you're looking for. And then in fact, it actually makes it worse because you just don't know how to get it. So you feel unfulfilled because you keep it trying to get it from a rock. And every now and then it rains and you have some water residue and you're like, this is good enough. Right? And you just kind of keep going back to the rock instead of one day waking up. Purpose doesn't, right? Purpose is what we live for. And that purpose of what we live for is to experience the time between birth and death. Hey everybody, before you leave today, Hallie and I want to thank everyone who has left us a review. It really does make a huge impact in helping us get this podcast into the hands of other conscious leaders. So we have another review from Dana's mom um, who says, a conscious workplace is revolutionary. I believe that bringing consciousness and open-hearted leadership to the workspace has the potential to be utterly transformative to the culture, and this podcast can help us get there. As an executive director of a nonprofit, I've sought advice through books, such as those by Brene Brown, in podcasts while developing my own leadership philosophy. I was thrilled to add this podcast to my collection of thought leaders on the topic. Adam and Hallie's conversations have become a regular dose of insight in my routine. The episodes meander conversationally, but always drive home an actionable point. The action items have been invaluable in growing my toolkit as a leader and manager to my employees. Thank you for your good work, and thank you, Dana's mom, for that review. Yeah, and I don't think they strayed that far. But I mean, I, I, I think I liked, she's, I she was that. very accurate. Yeah, she was a very accurate, actually. Thanks. And so, again, please let us know what you like about the podcast. <laughs> Even if we do go off topic, well, Adam goes off topic. Or like what you'd like to see more of by leaving us a review wherever you listen to our show. Thank you. Thank you.